0: and welcome to another top advisor marketing podcast. Kirk and I today are gonna dive into four ways to increase prospect quality over quantity. So here's the deal. The slow but wonderful death of lead generation as we know it is starting to happen. It is not about quantity anymore. The law of large numbers is not as effective today in current marketing techniques as it has been in years past. So we're gonna dive into the idea of quality. Quality, quality, isn't it better For your prospects to come in moderately pre sold, understanding who you are, what you do, and what makes you unique and different, instead of having to wade through all of the garbage leads that you have been getting in other ways. Kirk, where in God's name are we starting here? There are people who run, who've been able to run, successfully run practices
1: based on quantity marketing in financial services and and abroad, obviously, but it depends on the kind of business you want to run, really. And so as a you know, financial advisor who are most of our audience listening, You know, which business do you want to be in? And I could say, you know, do you want to be in the profit, you know, more profitable people, but somebody else may say, well, they don't have to be as profitable as long as I have a lot of them. And I've got a machine here and I don't mind running a machine, if you will, which I just mean is, you know, process centric business that can handle quantity and so that they can make money by leverage then that can make a lot of sense. But I will, you know, my 20 years, I've met way more actually over that now in the business. I've met way more advisors that were interested in quality. Having why? said that,
0: why, why, the why? marketing hold, hold doesn't reflect like that. Well, that's true. But but let's let's talk about the why behind this. Why is quality leads more important and which quality leads therefore in turn turns into quality clients? What, what, What is, why, why are we even talking about this? Because we're being rather contrarian here uh, against a lot of financial services professionals who really just want butts and seats. Well,
1: marketing is, you know, we've, you've, a lot of people read the book Blue Ocean and the idea that there's, most people are marketing and competing in, in, in an ocean where there's full of the exact same kind of fish, if you will. And so the fighting amounts to or equates to where Red Sea and full of blood, in other words, if you haven't read that book. And the idea that you're spending all this money and effort to just out expose or out out awareness somebody or out top of mind somebody is kind of insane, especially for people with smaller budgets and resources and resources being time. You know, money, expertise, things like that. Expertise is marketing expertise. So it becomes a real challenge and a massive, you know, mountain for a lot of people to climb over to get to a place where they feel like they're really winning at marketing. Because I think most people feel like they're failing at marketing and that may be more or less true. Did I answer your question? Not really, question that-
0: but it was a really nice uh, tangent that you went on there. I I definitely like that. But I I, I still want you to get deeper. Come on, dude. Come on, we're digging here. So come on, go next level into the idea of why this is a fundamental mental shift in financial services from a marketing perspective, right? If you can get your message in front of your ideal client while they're there using organic content, what the hell does that do? Is that how we breed quality instead of quantity? Help me with that more. Oh,
1: because you want me to talk about relationship marketing instead of lead generation marketing. Ding, ding, ding,
0: ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yes, I do. Sorry, I've wanted to use that effect for a long time. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, maybe our downloads on this one will dictate whether or not, maybe it won't be this one, it'll be the one after this. We'll say, oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, those that guys was are freaking nuts. so wonderful or not so wonderful. Anyway, I mean, lead generation has been really about old tactics and there's still tactics that have been old for, for a quite, for really at least a decade, maybe a couple. And if you you remember when Seth Godin entered the scene talking about interruption marketing, I think that was a big part of his push early on. Uh, And there's some other ones actually go back to even people like uh, Jim Cecil, who maybe not a lot of people remember in the financial services world, but he was one of the leading marketers um, learned a lot from him and He was all about nurture marketing like just be there when they when they need you but the reality is is that marketing to somebody it's better to pull them into your world than to push them into your world and you know starting relationships is that pull strategy and leads is typically that push strategy and that's not working as much people are um, a lot more aware of how financial advisors market they're getting inundated They've been in the data for years, but that continues. There's a lot, not a lot of depth, right? Financial advisors are spending, you know, more money and better money on better resources for websites that pretty much say they all do the same thing. Um, they all have nice, beautiful pictures at the top now. What does that really say about a financial advisor? Is that differentiating? So many things. But marketing has to change because that's just a not a great place to be. And a lot of people are there is not looking any different.
0: Well, it's the that sea of sameness, right? I mean, that's, that's the frustrating. Okay, go ahead. What, what, what is the challenge?
1: Well, the challenge is that the mindset is that they've been here for so long. How do you get over that? How do you move from there? And the biggest problem is that advisors' expectations is that I want to have real ROI. Like I want to know, touch and feel what this thing is going to do for me, marketing. If it's not producing, then it's not marketing. And that that mindset—you gotta throw it out the window. I mean, it's not a bad indicator in the right time at the in the right moments, but if that's the only thing you ever measure something on, your marketing is not really going to get as good as it could. Certainly not going to move from lead gen to lead to to relationship gen, right? And that's a big step. So that mindset of you know what can I build over time that's just going to keep better and better and build up so much momentum that you know, as we like to, we've said before, um, license to print money.
0: Well, but let's talk about the momentum because when you're focusing on quality, right, introductions and quality big picture relationships, what does that actually do for the practice? So some of this, I want everybody to understand, they are not quantifiable uh, sort of metrics that you can point your finger at. But as Kirk goes through what sort of results happen from quality, I think it'll start making more sense. So dive in.
1: So the first thing that having quality focus or relationship marketing focus is really is that quality breeds focus in your business because you know exactly who you're working with, why you're working for them, and they know the same thing, right? So you're in control of marketing to that group instead of, and we'll we'll do the opposite here in a second. So you're you're in complete control. Um, you know ex- you know who you're talking to. You can have a more clear dialogue. You can have more clear outcomes. And you can have specific content and value aimed at that quality prospect. So that in itself is a, hu- a huge game changer. And I responded to a, a LinkedIn post today, commented on one about, um, I think it was Laura Garfield had mentioned it. And it was basically about advisors struggle having topics. And she was she had a great point that, you know, just think of redundant conversations you're having with clients These are things that keep coming up with your clients, and I and I kind of came in, barged into the room, and although it was my original post, but and said, well, maybe the problem is fundamentally way bigger than this, which is advisors don't have a focus. So how can they have repeatable conversations because they don't have the same type of client or they don't solve the same type of problem? If you say you solve retirement planning, I mean, yes, so do another three hundred million people right plus all the robos plus the banks it's an insane you know amount of people who can do that so what specifically can you do and that that specificity and that expertise is where you can create value and that's where the repeatable conversations are going to happen that have that are worth talking about right we we work with a lot of people who are Uh, tired of the lead gen approach and who want to build credibility. They want to scale their credibility. So that becomes our, you know, point of conversation and a focus for us, you know, being thought leaders, expertise, marketers, micro influencers, things like that. But if you can't, if you don't have those conversations because you're all over the map, then it's, it can be very difficult to find what to talk about. Or I mean, you could talk about everything, but that's the problem. Advisors don't know what, you know, what's important. So that's the first big one.
0: Sure. I was just on a call earlier today, uh, what we refer to as a podcast topics call, which uh, when we have a new client come on board, uh, you know, one of our team meets with them and helps them come up with anywhere from eight to 12 podcast topics to really get their first six months of thought leadership prepared before they ever hit record. And as we were going through stuff, one of the things that the advisor said was, uh, you know, Matt, where did where did you come up with these topics? I was like, your freaking website. What? Yeah, I went on your website. You've got all of these magnificent talking points on your website uh, that I, because of our experience, you know, I was able to flesh out and turn into some other topics. But, but With that said, so I think there are some really good solutions for people being concerned about their talking points or what to talk about. But once you get that in, so I'm going to presuppose that the listeners already have those talking points. The other big thing that happens when you bring in quality people is it breeds advocacy. And what we mean by that, and I'm going to have you dive into this too in a minute, but I'm just going to do a brief overview, is you're going to create People who can literally say they work with people just like me, and they're going to know your talking points well enough because you're so consistent with them that they're going to sell you, so you don't have to do it. What else, Kirk?
1: Here's a good example, and I'll give you an example in our world. I've been making a note more and more to have to to comment versus like, and um, we got a request um, from somebody who's a, an influencer. Uh, recently, and I kind of traced it back to a comment uh, that I may have made um, last week. And that comment, I went into quite a bit of detail, more detail than you would typically see in a comment, because I was trying to, I'm trying to answer, you know, engage in a create engaging conversation and answer stuff for people that they struggle with a lot. And it was teed up by somebody who had, wasn't getting into any depth. And may, I don't know whether they were teed up for me to come in or not, but that typically happens, right? There's a lot of people who throw ideas around and without giving the context or the depth. So I was trying to give some depth to it. And I end up giving it with so much specificity because we know exactly what we do for people that I was able to, you know, that ignited, wow, you know, these guys where this person on LinkedIn really knows their stuff. They can go quite deep. It's elegant, makes a lot of sense. I can see exactly where their focus is and that stuff can, you know, if you think social media doesn't work from a comment, you're, you know, it does. Right. And we're talking to pretty, you know, a special influencer. And so you have to think about if you know what that stuff is, then you can spout it all the time. And that can, can build relationships and ignite them. But if you don't know that, then how are you different and better? What what value? What are you doing for people? If you can't push that out into the world, you can't have advocates. Right. So this person contact us because they want to advocate for us, I presume, to their to their, you know, pretty big audience. And th- those are just some of the wins that you can have on social media. We were we were talking about, you know, this, we talked about it all the time, which is how do, how do advisors really understand what social media can really do for them? Yeah. And, and so many, if, if you're in a business that's numbers based, or if you're any business and you're, and you're trying to be a, uh, a diligent business owner, you're always thinking about, you know, ROI, 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 what am I getting? What am I getting? Where are we going? And it's a good, it's not a bad mindset, but sometimes you got to get out of the way and realize, well, how can I build momentum? How do I scale credibility? How do I shorten sales cycles? And th- for most financial advisors, there's not really you know, a lot of ways to measure some of this stuff, but they can be huge, absolutely huge. And, and if social media isn't clear and direct, if they're not tracking, if they're managing all the time, it's very, it become become difficult to distinguish what was a direct or an indirect uh, win. And so what does that mean? Well, social media is not working for me. What do you mean it's not working for you? Well, if it's not working for you, that's silly. It just means you're not doing it the right way. or not committed enough to it. So let's go figure this out. And it's also feels odd if you can't create a time and space like a seminar would, where you say, okay, I'm going to throw 50 people in a room or, tw- you know, these days, probably more like 15. And, um, you know, I know I got, I got two people that came into meetings, one became a client, boom, that's what I need. Well, that's very limiting worldview mm-hmm. right because that did that shorten sales cycles no or did you those 15 pe- the 13 people that didn't come in for meetings are they going to be clients a year to, or two years five years down the road probably not
0: because mm-hmm.
1: you don't have any system for talking to them so there's all kinds of problems so having the focusing on quality you know, exactly what you do um creates this uh, this Opportunity for advocacy to happen, and that's how social media can work. And that's and you can even attract those opportunities in the first place. I well, think I just went on a crazy
0: show. No, strategy. that 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 made a whole bunch of sense, and and I, I love where you went. I'm going to highlight just a couple of those points. Uh, the The first one is most most businesses, not just financial advisors, are terrifically impatient with their marketing spend, right? Which is something that I think needs to be a consciousness shift because again. You know, TV was the way that a lot of businesses got attention, and Crazy Larry used to be on, you know, during Friends on primetime must-see TV, and Crazy Larry would interrupt your program, yell at you, and Crazy Larry would get car sales from it. Well, nobody watches television like that anymore. They're, you know, it, it has to be omnipresent and ever-present, which is what Kirk is talking about. You have to talk to your ideal client when they're there, and if you don't have consistent social media posts, and if you're not contributing, then you're not going to be consistently there. The other thing too, that I wanted to say is I uh, I lease cars mostly because uh, I get tired of cars. And I know you don't have that problem, Kirk. You've been driving a car for the last 75 years. And so so I lease cars. And about six months before my lease is up, I start researching cars, right? So I'll go all over the place. You know, I go to to uh, you know different resource sites and different car dealerships, all that sort of stuff. And that's what advisors need to become, right? They need to become that resource so that six months before a person's going to buy on their own time, which, by the way, people buy on their own time now a lot more than you have to hard sell them. They're going to come in just like I do. And I walk into a car dealership and I say, this is the car that I want. I know it's on your lot or I know where you can get it. Here's what I'm going to pay for it. And uh, this could be the easiest sale you've ever had. And most of the car salesmen are like, okay, I'll write it up. Right. I I don't spend hours and hours and hours at car dealerships anymore because I do all my work. Guess what? Your clients are doing the same thing. Now, Kirk, I don't think we need to really dive into beating up quantity, because I think we've already built a strong point for quality now, but I think we should do is we should solve the problem for them. And before we solve the problem, which is how you are going to be able to build those quality leads, I want each of you, if you're not driving, I want you to grab a piece of paper and I want you to write down some of those consistent questions that Kirk was talking about before. What are the things that you're consistently answering for clients that you wish you could have in the can so that you could refer to it, or you could get it so that you could send it to people to start answering those questions before they ever come in. I'm sure you can think of three to five of them, and please just take time to write those out because that's your first three to five podcast topics. So before you ever go ahead and get on your phone or go on SoundCloud or do anything, you could have three to five podcasts ready to go which will increase your confidence and move you closer to getting your voice out into the marketplace. But Kirk, we have talked about attract, and engage, and in influence for a long time, but it's so wildly applicable here for what we're talking about about building quality leads. Where do we go? Yeah. So let's start, you know, you could draw four boxes, if you
1: will, if you want to on a sheet of paper and going from left to right or whatever you want to do, uh, attract, is the first one intrigues the second one, engages the third, and influences the fourth. And track is really about exposure. How do you get people to your stuff? It's not the first thing you're gonna do when you're building this, but it's uh, the first thing that needs to happen to move your stuff forward, right? If nobody's listening or watching or reading, that's a problem. So you gotta always figure out how you're gonna you know get this one done. So there are a number of different things that are pretty common and and can work really well. If you stick with them, stick with them is really important, right? We're talking about relationship generation right now, not lead generation. And I'm only saying lead generation because it's, it's always gets attached to quick, uh, quick metrics, quick turnarounds, quick results and things like that. And, and into the, the, which sounds good, but the other side of that, the ugly side of that is um, no long term impact on your business. You heard that, right? No long term impact on your business. I mean, outside of the outside of the idea that if you can get enough short term, you know, that that's growth too, right? So I'm not trying to be oblivious to the to the wonderful benefits of seminars, but you can build long term marketing that builds momentum over time, combine that with seminars, and now you're really talking. So I'm kind of letting You're seeing some of what, what could be here when you put these boxes together. So the first one to track is how do you create advocacy? Advocacy attracts business. Probably one of the most powerful ways you can ever attract business, right? I just gave you a story from us about having commented, very specific expertise, specific audience, boom, you know, big opportunity to advocate for us comes on the scene, happens consistently, not every day, not every week, but consistently, Another one is expanding your network. So if you're on LinkedIn or you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook, you have to have more people in your audience. There are other ways to go beyond your audience, but you want your audience to be as big as as possible with ideal people. The first thing you want to be able to do is go look at your existing um, network, like your real network. Like how many people do you know? Clients, prospects, centers of influence, friends, families, people you went to university with, whoever you're connected with, right? Are they all there? Is that up to date? You want to make sure it is. You also want to make sure your profile and all that stuff looks good, but that's not in the attract stage. So make sure you're inviting people. So once you go past there, can you just find people and invite them? Yes, you can. You know, LinkedIn. You can get into Sales Navigator. You can do advanced search. You can you can run campaigns. You can look for software that allows you to automate that, which may or not, which may or may not be you know, the best thing there's ways to connect with people on mass and very specifically, you can do all that kind of stuff, right? Other ways are through Facebook, finding people, inviting them as friends, Twitter, Instagram. So figure out where your people are at and find a way to add people all the time.
0: Hold on. Hold You're going to also hold. attract them by being great. And right. good content. But, but I want I want to go back to something you said earlier, which was freaking awesome, which is that that post that you commented on with that long form thing, one of the ways that you can breed advocacy and in- increase your overall exposure is commenting on your friends and family posts because that'll do the same thing that a lot of other things are happening, which means that you're going to be exposed to a new and different network, right? Uh, so, an advi- you know, somebody brings up something about retirement or a concern that they have or investing or what's going on in the stock market, you know, you get a- an approve from compliance, and if you post on your neighbor's site or or one of your friends and family, that shows up in their newsfeed, everybody. And when that shows up into the newsfeed, that's almost, I'm actually not going to say almost because I don't need to worry about compliance. That's a freaking third-party endorsement of your expertise because you're a friend of a friend who is providing great thought leadership. So I really want you to consider how powerful that can be from a just- doing your job as an expert, like Kirk did on that post about podcasting, doing his job and sharing great expertise and thought leadership. You don't have to be,
1: have commenting be a compliance risk. So you need, you got to you know, know that, like you can say smart things without it being a legal risk, right? So those are some great ways to do it. Um, sharing and viewing helps, right? But commenting is a great, wonderful way to to get the best out of that but you can also share good content either stuff that you've done or other people and viewing uh, you know getting pushing out your content so you get as many views as possible is really important too you know tagging people is huge for attraction especially people that you've targeted that are going to have stuff to say about what you posted obviously you don't just want to tag them for the heck of it that'll be frustrating for the people you tag and it'll be odd for the people who are reading it and trying to wonder what, what you're doing. So make sure when you're tagging, you have a reason. That just means you got to be more thoughtful and strategic about what you're sharing and why you're sharing it. But those are really good exercises in business. That's funny how really good marketing, what it does is it makes you be a better advisor or a better business owner. Absolutely. I'm not kidding. It challenges you all the time to do that.
0: Well, and I love it, Kirk, when we're interviewing our clients, right? When we get done with a podcast and they'll say, oh my God. I just said something that I'm going to say a million times more because I don't ever practice this. I don't ever role play these situations where a professional financial services experienced voice talent is asking me and challenging me on fleshing these topics out. I'm getting to a level of depth that I don't normally get. And I bet you my clients really want that. OK, so that's that's attract. Now, let's talk about intrigue. Oh, there's, more in there.
1: there's more in there. There's more in there. There's in a know, having better SEO, oh, okay, right? go ahead, making go sure ahead. that yep. you're set up properly in my Google business. That's, a, that's an important thing. Making sure you're uh, in the directories and the directories are seeing you properly, making sure you've got good SEO on your website, making sure you're tagging your, your content as it goes out so that the search engines can pick up your tags. So tags would be topic tags, right? So what are you talking about? Or, or audience tags, things like that. And then omnipresence being everywhere and having, and having authentic content when you're there. So if you're just sharing everybody else's stuff, SEO is not going to like that, right? Google's not gonna, they're going to see that you're just sharing content. That's other places. So you're, you're maybe you're a a really small aggregator, which they're going to give zero credit to for a huge aggregator. They'll give you credit, but if you're a small aggregator, they're not going to give you any credit at all. And in fact, it may just influence that you're not an expert. So, you know, don't just share. So being everywhere, right? You can be, being everywhere isn't that difficult these days. Like for instance, if you start a podcast, you can syndicate that to all the big communities, no problem. If you get a um, My Google Business system in place, it can send it to all the directories and monitor that for you. If you um, have good SEO, then Google will push that out you know, to everybody for you. Like there's so many ways to be good. I mean, you can get on multiple social networks, you know, don't just do all of them for the heck of it. Do the ones that were, you know, that are going to be meaningful for you. And you can have a blog, you know, you know, can lead back to and from your website, to and from your blog, to and from your podcast. There's all kinds of opportunities. You can get your stuff posted on other people's websites, right? You can go to medium.com. We have a friend that runs Iris for writing content. There's always an opportunity for you to to see if you can have your stuff pushed out through there. Yeah.
0: It's iris.xyz. Hold on. I'm going to correct you there, brother. Sorry. Yeah.
1: So there's all kinds of opportunities there. So that's the, that's the first box, right? To attract. How are you going to get people to your stuff? So the next one is intrigue. So when they come, what are, what's your message? Who are you, who are you helping? Who are you solving problems for? Uh, what is your expertise? Why should they believe in you? You gotta, you gotta hit them with the, why they should care, why they should stay, why they should go further. And that's where you have, you know, a better brand on your website. You got to have clear value, clear audience, right? And don't be afraid to niche. You know, and if you are afraid to niche, go listen to our podcast number 161, where we talk about 10 common misconceptions about, you know, 10 actually, I think we should have called it 10 BS excuses to yeah. not going for a not niching. So
0: yeah, we're getting, we're getting better at the titles, my friend. Niching. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so we didn't name it that, but
0: no, um, anyway, so but I, those
1: I, excuses, you want to go back and check those out. I think there's 10 of them and I, and you do, you want to make sure you've got assumptions out of the way with what niching is going to do or, or ruin in your business because a lot of advisors are terrified. It's going to ruin their business. And it's crazy.
0: So this next one goes along with something that you had said earlier, which is the engagement component, but Part of engagement is the content that you produce, but the other part of the engagement is the compliance approved or compliance friendly comments that you need to do. That's one of the best ways to truly engage people is to add to something else. In fact, what we're finding here with, with our marketing here internally at Top Advisor Marketing is those comments, not, not the organic posts, which by the way, do relatively well, but it's once we're involved in a conversation on social, that's where the magic really happens. But so Kirk, uh, let's, uh, let's get through these last two here, which is engage and influence. Talk to me about what you believe is the best way to engage people to get those quality over quantity people coming in the door.
1: Yeah. If, if you're going to engage people, you got to have your own content. That's the best way to do it. I mean, you can play off other people's stuff from time to time, but it'd be more difficult to be consistent and you're not really building your brand and your expertise, right? You're building other people's. I mean, you can comment on theirs, but it's always like you're piggybacking. So if you really want to own that ability opportunity to, to become a micro influencer or influencer, depending on how big and you want to be, you've got to be able to communicate your expertise, your experiences and your personality. And you got to do that through mediums like, uh, a podcast, a webinar, or seminar, which are not consistent. So they're a little more difficult. Uh, Video is a great one. If you're doing video, you always want to make sure you call our friends at Idea to Candor. And you also want to make sure that they're brief, right? That's that's the power of video is getting in there, having some punch, two to three minutes, making a really great statement and and moving on. Blog is another great way. The challenge with blog is that a lot of advisors struggle with writing and not being a lot of fun. And I don't think you're going to get a lot of argument from Matt and I. It's not our favorite thing to do, but we, you know, try to get at least an article, one article done a month and and papers and and whatnot. So blogging is another way. And the other thing is too, is that you can, you can either host or have your own one, or you can be a guest blogger, guest video, or guest podcast or two. So you can try to get on, you know, use, leverage other people's stuff to, to create credibility. That also, you know, helps you attract more people, Right. So one of the neat things about really good marketing is that it, if it fits in several buckets, that's synergy. That makes sense. So if you can put push something out that's engaging people, but it's also attracting people, that's good. That's a good thing. It's not like you're sitting here, right? And so, geez, I don't know which box to go in, which box. Well, just put it in two. Don't worry about it. Move on. That's a good thing. If it shows up in two boxes, man, that must be good marketing. Not kidding. So, if you, you know, engagement is huge. If you, if people come to your stuff, they see your message and they start looking around, listening, reading, commenting, going to your social media, just, you know, uh, linking with you or friending you, whatever those are that engagement. And then if that's positively rewarded because what they came there for, this is where having really good content really kicks into high gear. If, if at each level of engagement, the experience that they have is that you answered stuff or you were helpful guess what happens the engagement just keeps going right and you don't know when that engagement is going to lead to a relationship whether that be advocating for you or whether that be um, becoming a a client but those are huge things and and that's why it's so important to have your own content have your own niche your own brand your own value your own focus all those things that's when it really starts to go crazy so those are big things to have. And if you get engagement, right, you're in really good shape for the next step which, which is, i kind of already alluded to, but hey, right, it which falls in a couple of places. It
0: it does. and And that's the idea of influencing. And so it's interesting because this isn't linear. And I want everybody to understand this. The attract, intrigue, engage, and influence isn't linear. In fact, it's got some concentric circles. So Kirk, when you talk about influence, that people are going to hear that there's some consistency and some redundancy built into these four processes, which is very important when it comes to marketing. So dive in.
1: Yeah. So really influence is about convincing and converting. So and how do you do that? You just keep hitting people with great content, right? And and you convince them by addressing what's important to them. You don't, addri- you don't convince anybody if you're talking about stuff that's not highly relevant to them in their, in their world. And that's why a lot of people are ineffective on social media and influencing people to make a decision in their marketing is because they're, they, they're not specific enough or they're all over the place or they can't create enough value right? You guys hear me say this. I've said this, I mean, I've done 70 episodes. I've probably said this 69 times. And that is that if you're specific about who you work with, what you do for them and or what you solve for them, and then how you solve that, you're, you're way more likely to be able to create more value than your competitors because they're too busy doing what we talked about early in this. Like how to, well, I don't know what to talk about because I, do too many things for too many people. What should I focus on? I don't know. There's nothing really you can do. You can just keep doing what you're doing, which is trying to be everybody, everything to everybody, answer every question and none of it resonates. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't get a client because at some point you do something that you're in the right place at the right time, which is still good marketing. But just imagine if you change that dynamic, right? And if you were the right answer, the right place, the right time, and you're creating that on your own too. So that's really what convince and convert is. It's just having having the answers for people, and then being there when they're ready, and then having called actions right that that allow them to to get to a place. If if all you ever do is podcast, but you don't have options for them to come and experience, you know, so you have, that's why a seminar and webinar can be really good. And we did a podcast recently called for webinars. I don't remember the title, but turning you know have fans show up for your stuff instead of skeptics. How do you do that? By the way, you kind of do it, doing the same stuff we're talking about right here. But, you know, so convincing of our, be ever present, you know, be consistent, um, be in, in the right places at the right time, uh, help people get to yes, escalate those call to actions. Right. So the first thing, uh, that you talk about is going to be, you know, some simple stuff like articles, uh, comments, uh, podcast, and then you want to escalate to, you know, maybe courses, downloading a white paper, sign up for a course, uh, maybe attending a webinar or seminar, and then you maybe want to go to like a private webinar or a private function or a coffee with you or a study group or a library session. So all of a sudden you're you're escalating and making it easier for them to learn more and more from you. When you have all that place, then you can convince and convert. And obviously convert is the important one because right. that's where, you know, everything happens. But when you convert that person, what do you think that difference is between quality and quantity? It should be pretty obvious. Yeah, it's not impossible to have all the stuff done. It used to be very difficult Yeah, do the kind of marketing that we're talking about. I think it's a big part of why the financial industries, you know, the mindset is not where it needs to be. I know it's evolving. You know, we, we're working with lots of people who are, it's evolved, but it's still that that mindset is you've got to be focused on long term, you know, mid to long term momentum, marketing, uh, niche, things like that, creating value like crazy. But those are all good things. Anyway, that that's it. Good four box four boxes. You got all kinds of stuff. You can add your own stuff in there. There's other stuff that you can do that we haven't talked about. Right? You can run Google Ads. You can be part of networking groups. There's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do to put in there. So it's not just our ideas. And but make sure you're putting them in the right boxes and make sure you got every, you got stuff in every box. If you yep. don't have stuff in every box, it can be a
0: problem. Right and make sure that you're doing your best to practice and solidify what those talking points are so that you're consistent across all of those four boxes. All right. Of course, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, click that subscribe now button below, but even more important, If you want to take this next step, right, if you want to find out how you can truly scale your credibility, get quality over quantity introductions, relationship building opportunities, please don't hesitate to give us a call here at Top Advisor Marketing. We would love to get the opportunity to help you. And if you have any podcast topic ideas, make sure you email me, Matt, at M. or heck, if you just want to know more about who we are and what we do, make sure you connect with Kirk and I on social because we are consistently and persistently having good conversations with other experts who can help you, be the best marketer you can be. So for Kirklow, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.